Are you supporting a wellness lifestyle community? What could it do for you? Join us today on Wellness Interactive, a step further, and see how our guests and direction can inspire you to self-empowerment. Now, here is the host of Wellness Interactive, a step further, Desiree Watson. Hello, hello again. I am so excited for our guests today. And of course, this is uh, Wellness Interactive, a step further. And I'm Desiree Watson. I'm always thrilled to hear and listen, because it's so important these days to hear and listen some of the greatest information that's available now that we're all connected digitally throughout the world, <laughs> we can now narrow down some awesome experts on how we should move forward in various platforms around the world and just right here in our community. So I'm excited today to have someone who has ah, been such a valuable educator all of our communities, our young people, our adults, our teachers, oh, our professors. She's a professor. I love, love, love Tracy L. Gray. Let me just give you a little information about Tracy. Tracy has devoted her professional life as an educator and an entrepreneur to developing interdisciplinary curriculums and creating and directing diversity intercultural programs in New York and California. I'd like to say just across the world because she also has traveled uh, to Africa, to China. Uh, She's so humble and she leaves all that out, but (laughs) she's our great connector with education So uh, Tracy is the founder and president of the Sankofa Global Project. The mission of the Sankofa Global Project is to increase the number of underrepresented communities in science, technology, engineering, art, and math. STEAM. So she does not leave out art. So we're really excited and grateful to have her here also because it's Black History Month. So she is also a professor at the Borough of Manhattan Community College. She has done just numerous uh, annual conferences. Uh, One in particular, she has presented at the American Educational Research Association. This is an annual meeting, the world's largest gathering of education researchers and a showcase for groundbreaking innovative studies in an array of areas in 2019, along with other colleagues. They all just presented uh, their expert uh, uh, professional word on education for all of us. In early 2020, however, prior to the pandemic, Tracy Gray moderated the 21st Century Education for All Fireside Chat Series. 
an initiative to develop community voice to add to the Brooklyn NAACP state legislative agenda for education. She's collected data to examine school district recruitment, interviewing and hiring practices. She's established a Brooklyn-based community of practice for 21st century education. Now, all that brings us to her being a terrific professor at Brooklyn College and a virtual lecturer at um, at the university in Germany, uh, Bielefeld University in Germany. However, she has launched, so timely, the Racial Equity and Justice Initiative, REJI, and the GED Plus Ed Tech Program. She launched this in fall of 2020. Tracy and her team are leading hearts and minds toward truth, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And who better than Tracy to bring all of this, pull all of this together with her team and bring it to us to help us understand. So thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Desiree. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you Uh, for inviting me. (laughs) (laughs) No, anytime. Listen, I think, uh, uh, I, I, full disclosure, Tracy, was also actually my daughter's kindergarten teacher. Now I say this because of course, you know, she is, she has MS in early childhood education, MS in general education. Everyone, everyone should think about where we are today and how far we've come or how far we go back <laughs> to kindergarten. And remember that book, uh, Everything You Know, yes. you zero to six years old. I think you're absolutely just, you're, you're, oh my gosh, I can't thank <laughs> you enough for teaching my two daughters because they are absolutely not because they're my daughters, but you have a number of young people that can say the same or parents that they are extremely centered and focused and knowledgeable and it's hard work. It's not all easy, but so much for that. I'm so excited to hear about your new program. Yeah. R E J I and uh, what, um, what our needs are and not what we want. And so why we need this program uh, we've spoken I think this is my opinion for so many years, everyone says, Oh, it's what we want. We want this. We want that. No, it's what we need right now. And for the future and early education, but also in our EJI racial equity and justice initiative. So please tell us more about it. Oh, thank you, Desiree. So you know, like you said, I'm the founder and president of the Sankofa Global Project, which I started back in 2013 and have championed equity in the STEAM fields for students for my entire career, truthfully. And I launched this initiative because we, we're at a point in this country where I believe people are ready 
to face and address racism, inequity, and injustice. The program is an individual or cohort or group training program that is available on our platform on the Teachable um, website. You know, so we have, have our own platform. It's the Sankofa Global Teachable um, School. So I have my own online school through Teachable um, that offers this program that gives folks the opportunity to do, set, for example, to set intentions and make conscious decisions and conscious choices about how they envision what is racial, what are the desired racial equity and justice conditions that they want to see in their homes, their families, and in their communities. You know, yeah, folks can, part of one of the challenges is, you know, giving a prompt saying, we want families and communities that are, that you are setting an intention saying, this is what I would envision my family and community to be community to be like. My we need we need this in our communities. Is we that need, what you're yes. directing? Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. And then what's awesome. Yes. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I when I when I hear you say this, it's, it's I I can't help to think about uh, when you meet uh, some families, and it doesn't matter race, what race or not, but, you know, uh, when a child or an adult reacts to certain things, it's that, well, I didn't grow up that way, or I never taught my kids this, or I never, but you also, you never taught them not to. So, exactly, you know, you have a lot to uh, yes, give and, us with this. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you said that because one of the questions folks should be asking is what are the some of the known and unspoken racial inequities in my community, at my job, in my organization? And what will I do? What will happen if I do nothing different? Mm, are we, we going to continue staying the same? And so giving this platform is giving folks a toolkit, giving them the opportunity to build their own racial equity and justice toolkit. It, you know, we are in such an amazing time in, and COVID has, you know, brought us the COVID being in the pandemic has brought this to the surface that we are more connected than we think. Yes. And this connection having, uh, using, um, digital platforms, give us an opportunity to make connections, to solve problems together in a way that I think we took it for granted previously. And yeah. so I think that now it's a, this is the optimal time for us to practice self-reflection and to teach ourselves. You know, there, there's um, education. I'm a lifelong learner. I've always. I love it. (laughs) I love it. That should be a title in in the toolkit somewhere. A lifelong learner. Yes. We all should be a lifelong learner or a work in progress. (laughs) And we we are works in progress. We, we, you know, to set a good intention is is just a small thing if there is no action behind it. And so in taking this course, it gives folks the opportunity to, to. look at themselves and educate themselves on the history of this country that we live in, um, on the fact that we live on stolen land, on the fact that people have been um, disadvantaged in the name of, of, of white supremacy, 
to be honest, and that we have an opportunity to dig deep and figure out how are we going to create systems that make things equitable for all people in this country and globally. Um, right. Teaching ourselves um, is super important. And so just as an aside, as part of the Racial Equity and Justice Initiative, because of the work that we've been doing, there we've gotten several requests from major corporations to help them create. just begin talking about how do we begin here? What, do we, what are the, some of the first things that we need to be doing? And I'm very proud that recently, actually on February 3rd, we had um, a... Uh, Black History Month keynote address that was sponsored by Graystar, a real estate company in California, we helped them get their first Black History initiative off the ground. Awesome. And it was it was incredible. I was super excited to have the the chair of the San Francisco Human Rights Commissioner, uh, Karen Clopton, um, my colleague, who's also a part of the Racial Equity and Justice Initiative, Michelle Grant Groves, who is based in Pleasanton, California, Dr. Darren Gray, who is an engineer, cybersecurity expert, educator, and he happens to be my brother, um, <laughs> um, who was also on the panel, and L. Joy Williams, who is the president of the Brooklyn NAACP, as we addressed, where do we go from here? Chaos or community based off the book written by, the last book written by Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. That we have tools available to us and establishing the Racial Equity and Justice Initiative is one way that we as people, as families, as communities can tackle the issue of race in this country because I, I, I was at a workshop a couple of years ago and um, actually a number of years ago and mm. it likened um, where we are as a country. You know, you work with four and five-year-olds, you know, because my, my background is in early childhood education and back when I was a kindergarten teacher at the Ethical Culture Fieldston School in Manhattan, one of the initiatives that we started was a gender equity study. And we started in early childhood because oftentimes we don't understand how we view things in an adult centric world. And it's important mm -hmm. for us to look at things from a child centered perspective. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. as we are looking at race, we have to start in the same place. Right. I like to think of all of us in America and globally in dealing with issues around race and equity and injustice. I like to think of us at a pre-K level. Because, Thank you. Right? We're at a pre-K. Or, or, or ground zero. Ground zero. <laughs> right. Because, you know, in preschool, children can talk, they can reason, but they're super egocentric mm -hmm. and everything is all about them. And so that's what we are as a people, that everything's all about me. And what I'm saying is that in, in, in the Racial Equity and Justice Initiative, it's, it's time to grow. Yes. This is an opportunity for growth that no right. judgment. And we off, we also offer coaching to help people. And that was part of what we did with Graystar is helping them to begin thinking about how do we even begin to tackle this, this massive, massive issue. Let's start right. with something simple. And that's what the racial equity and justice initiative is. It's an, it's uh, um, for folks who sign up for the course you have access to the course for as long as you want. It's a lifetime 
um, um, subscription that you get a chance to, you know, when you pay for your, yes. I love that idea. I let's just for a moment, go back to um, something you, you said um, only because I think um, the toolkit is for everyone. And of course, as you mentioned, there are many companies and corporations that are uh, very much interested in your program. So when you mentioned white supremacy, disadvantage, all of those words, I can't help for thinking, uh, and and I've always been this way, you know that. When I think of um, white supremacy, I I think of the kids, young kids, as you know, you, we're, we're not born this way, no, you know, so, so I often feel and, and think of, uh, them, uh, uh, as you know, the, the children that lost out or in many of, uh, some interviews in the past, I, I would, you know, I would think like, why are we dumbing down America? If we're the greatest country in the world, uh, we're an idea. We're not an institution. You know, most most countries are these institutions. We're an idea. And so to your point, why not start with zero or start at kindergarten? Because some of these people, uh, you know, unfortunately have been uh, directed, misdirected and uh, you know, yeah, they've been oppressed as a child. And, and I, that, that goes across the board. I, we can can talk about white supremacy. We can talk about, you know, even in, uh, African-American culture, Asian culture, any culture where you have any, uh, uh, I, I would think, uh, any racism or any prejudice toward anyone, you know, it, it starts, it has to start when you're a child. I'm not a psychologist, yeah. but. Well, yeah, and, and two, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm very privileged um, as a result, again, of the Racial Equity and Justice Initiative. Um, a school board in uh, Long Island reached out to me to um, help their newly established diversity committee from their board to help them to tackle some of this. They um, have, are consulting with me in helping them to begin to establish a mission statement. Mm-hmm. It's starting at something, and it has to start with the adults. While we want to make sure that our children have what they need, we also want to equip adults with the tools that they yeah. need so that we can begin to tackle some of the challenges that, you know, the problematic challenges that our country was founded upon. And when I think about some of the work that we've been doing, I I believe in approaching um, any issue with compassion and Mm -hmm. with thinking of our shared humanity. I'm not perfect. Um, No one is. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you in on a little secret. (laughs) No one is. (laughs) But it's important that we have the conversation together. And then lay the groundwork for how we're going to have the conversation. That if we're having a conversation about racism, we have to talk about how we're going to have the conversation before we have the conversation. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and there's some fantastic tools um, in the multiverse with helping us do this. And part of it is coming to some common agreements. Mm-hmm. 
deciding that everyone who is going to be in the conversation is going to pledge to be fully committed, mm-hmm. that everyone's going to have shared responsibility in the fact that we are having the conversation, that everyone is sharing responsibility and being a part of the conversation, and that everyone's going to strive for mutual understanding. And mutual understanding is that we may make mistakes. As a matter of fact, guaranteed we will make mistakes. Yes. <laughs> guaranteed people's feelings will get hurt. Mm-hmm. That's that we it just understanding that just us having a conversation is a huge step. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Because it many of us can oftentimes not want to have a conversation because it's uncomfortable. Yes. But then also acknowledging that yes, the conversation is going to be uncomfortable. And that we acknowledge that it's going to be uncomfortable and giving space mm-hmm. for error, uh, practicing with one another so that at the end, we will have full participation in the decision making going for, for, forward. That mm-hmm. every person is fully invested in this participatory decision making. And so when when folks are organizations, businesses, communities are having conversation, deciding how to have the conversation, I think, is one of the foundational principles in order to move forward. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Love it. So let's speak about teaching the, the teacher. So. Okay, there are corporations and and companies and organizations that obviously can use this. Yes. When we spend most of our time, uh, either child or an adult, we spend uh, so much time uh, beyond the pandemic, I should say. (laughs) So much time uh, before the pandemic, you know, we spend time uh, either at school, work, you know, we're away from or we're, you know, our yeah. homes. And so it's my belief, or it's, it's something I live my life by, uh, you know, just it's, it's my armor. It's my fashion, you know, that it's, it's strength and honor has to be, there has to be a commitment 24 seven. So you yeah. can't be one way at work. I mean, people are, And then one way at home. And I think that's part of the huge challenge as well. You can uh, be polite at work because you need to be, uh, or uh, you could actually, again, go to ground zero and and really figure out why you're polite. But when you get home, you might be completely different. And you're speaking about all of the, you know, (laughs) the terrible things that happened. While yeah. you were away from home, because you you were not really yourself. You're not yourself twenty four seven. So right. I think your program also has the opportunity to just take off layers and layers of, you know, yes. the pretense of okay, uh, the the corporate world or at school. I need to be this person or that person. Sometimes I do wish. Oh boy, kindergarten, pre K. That's the best thing ever. You can act, you know, you can act whatever way you want or, 
you know, it's that old joke. Well, how do you negotiate with a two-year-old? What's the difference between a two-year-old and a terrorist? Well, uh, you know, a terrorist <laughs> you can negotiate with, a two-year-old you can't. So exactly. how can we we just take off all these layers of being ourselves and still mm-hmm. loving ourselves, loving our communities, loving the people around us? Mm-hmm. Just the toolkit uh, addressing, which I think, I, without having to delve into all of that, this, this is my personal opinion, but not having to, for me to delve into all of that, I know I can pick that toolkit up and I can just walk away knowing that no matter where I go in the world, I am still myself. And I think that's the difficulty where uh, somehow our society, our communities have just layered us up with so much armor that, you know, you're looking at people like, what do you think of this person or, or this color? Well, obviously if you could choose your color, my favorite color is orange. Maybe (laughs) I would have chosen orange to be born. You know, if you had a choice, you know, it just makes no sense to me, but it's real. It's reality. And I'm so, so grateful that someone uh, with your background is addressing it along with your team uh, with a toolkit. So yeah, yeah, the toolkit well, is ongoing. So I, I would love to hear sure. about if I were to sign up uh, or anyone, my yeah. company, have everyone sign up. Talk to us about how uh, the longevity of it or, or how long we need something like this or, or how, how soon we could see results. (laughs) Well, you know, the beauty of teaching yourself is taking personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd like to, I'd like for us to take a global view first and then zone zoom back in. When you think about it, we have one planet. We all live on one planet. Mm -hmm. One. We can't, we can't step off. We can't go anywhere else. <laughs> There's nowhere else to go at this point in this generation. Anyway, There's nowhere don't, don't tell Elon uh, <laughs> that, but okay. Right. There's, we're all here and that we have a shared responsibility to do some self-examination so that we can enjoy our shared humanity. Yes. We, are, are, if someone were to sign up for the course, my ask is of them to set a goal. Um, figure out how you're going to hold yourself accountable mm. and take personal responsibility. And a lot of that is looking at yourself, looking at your life, looking at um, your experiences, starting from, from being a child. One of the uh, first things I did when I started uh, developing this, and I really did some self-reflection on my life growing up in Detroit, that um, my parents thought it was important for us to have a high quality education and took us out of the public school, which was down the block from us. So that happened when I was about eight years old. That marked a huge shift in my educational experience, but it also marked a huge shift in my interactions with the outside world. Mm -hmm. So we had to, I grew up in Detroit and I went to school in the seventies and um, I was responsible for my brother and sister and I traveling back and forth to school 
on public transportation. Mm. And Detroit um, at the time was still very segregated. And us taking the bus every day to school was traumatic. You know, when I think back about it, because Mm -hmm. of our experiences interacting with people Mm -hmm. on the way to school, being called names, and then being in a predominantly white school. But my parents' expectation was for us to get a high quality education and to return home safely. Yes. So that was their expectation of us. And so I had to review what did that mean for me, me, Tracy, as a person? Mm-hmm. And how am I going to use my experiences to inform the decisions that I have to make? And I keep putting it back a personal responsibility. It is on the individual. It is on each of us individually, then in our families, and then within our communities. And so it's an outreach. So we go out on a global view that we zone into ourselves, then come out and going into the various communities that we're a part of. If every person Mm-hmm. to personal responsibility and seeing each other as worthy human beings, mm-hmm. worthy of love, mm-hmm. worthy of respect, worthy of compassion, then we can begin healing. Mm-hmm. We can because we, we're taking personal responsibility for our own actions. Right. And then um then we can figure out how can we work on our children? What kind of books are we going to be talking about? Um How are we involved in our schools? What conversations are we prepared to have? What's our plan of action? Yes. How are we going to face our fears? How are we going to create a community plan? What's the blueprint? And then how are we going to pause? (laughs) (laughs) How are we going to pause and say, okay, this is a lot of work. This This is lifetime work. This is not for the faint of heart. This is, and I believe each of us, have growth over time because I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago. I'm not. Right. <laughs> we, yes. we, we have, you know, our, the human condition is the opportunity to grow and to thrive and to yeah. love and to love. Yeah. And love is an action. Love yeah. is action. Love in action. And so, and looking at the pain points, looking at the pain points, looking at the constitution. Yes. And examining <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. Holding us because again, we're going from ourselves to our families, to our communities, to the folks that we work with, then looking at our institutions. Mm-hmm. There's a continuum. This is a life, this is lifetime work. And so then looking at how are we being engaged in learning about the history of the laws in our country? What is, and how are we identifying and supporting people who don't look like us? Exactly. How are we doing that? And then how become civically engaged? And that's on both end. That's on both. Oh, absolutely. Uh, doesn't matter who. No, it's what, for every race. Yes. No, it's yes. for everyone. That's why I say it is personal. This is deeply personal work that we can. I mean, I could do some work with you, but I still have to work on myself. I absolutely. Have to Same that here. That's, something, that's something I have. I want to do that. Racial equity and justice work is individual work. First and foremost. And you got to remember that racism as an ism is a social construct. And while it is a social construct, it is a social construct that began nine, over 900 years ago to put some people in power and to, and to keep other people out of power. 
and you know what it, it's it's um you you did say we were we are all part of the human race but because of this social construct that keeps certain people in power and keeps other people disempowered or unempowered or not not with power we have to dismantle we have to take it layer by layer and take it apart First, within ourselves, we have to look at our personal journey. We have to tell ourselves the truth about ourselves. Yes. <laughs> before, before, before I can tell somebody the truth about themselves, I have to tell the truth about myself. Exactly. I love it. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah. Where and uh, how do we uh, find this yes. program? You can log on to the Sankofa Global Project website, which is sankofaglobalproject.com, and it will say Racial Equity and Justice Initiative. You can click right on there and you can log in and um, register for the course. And I do want to say that, you know, I learned from an elder here in Brooklyn that it's important to do well while doing good. Mm. And so part of this racial equity and justice initiative, 10% of every purchase of this course goes to fund the Sankofa Global Project's GED plus ed tech program. Oh, in, I love it. In our, in the eight years that I've been working with the Sankofa Global Project and leading the Sankofa Global Project and throughout my career as an educator, there are a certain segment of young people who are choosing not to continue the traditional route of school for many, for a plethora of reasons. Right. Mm -hmm. And they are choosing either to get a GED or not to get a GED. And we are trying to disrupt that pattern that if folks are registered for a GED program or, or have finished a GED program, we want to give folks an opportunity to, pursue an ed tech business idea. This is an opportune time right now. And so we are offering, it's a 13 week course and we have, there's a registration process for all this. Mm-hmm. It's an individual study program. We have group cohorts. We have uh, semi-private coaching sessions, all with the intention of helping folks who have either completed or in the process of getting their GED to develop their own business. Business is the innovation globally. It's, it's global innovation and giving folks the tools that 16 to 24 year old age group of young people who may or may not have direction or, but don't feel like traditional school is for them. And they've decided to pursue this route and maybe they have a business idea, but never thought it possible to bring it to life. We are Mm. a first stop in helping these people to begin developing their own business idea, giving them opportunities to to create their their mission statements and Mm. their elevator pitches and looking at how to create a business plan and how to create a a budget. And then asking the mentors and the coaches and the communities from which they come from, no matter where you are across the country, that part of your responsibility is to share and get feedback from your community about your ed tech business idea so that you can take it to the next level. We've started this program. We have um, with the same team um, for the racial equity and justice initiative and, uh, and with coaches and mentors from across the country who are invested in wanting to make sure that our young people have a chance 
of having a future that they are able to take care of themselves and their families. Oh, this is awesome. I love it. I love it. I, I, oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. It fills my heart that, uh, you're, oh, you're just quite, um, amazing, but so innovative. I, I love this, the, the idea of the brain constantly working yes. or we're a work in progress, you know, um, in closing, I would like to just read a couple of, um, great, uh, I think some great comments from some, uh, people who love you like I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> let me read something, uh, uh, from Dr. Leslie, Crago, I think I, yeah. yeah. When it comes to understanding the deep issues of racial e- equity and social justice, Tracy Gray is able to use her deep knowledge, skill, and personal experience to shed light on the causes and solutions to these issues. Her work as an educator, entrepreneur, and public speaker provides Tracy with the needed multiple perspectives to be action-oriented and goal-driven, when people engage with Tracy Gray, positive change happens. And then I want to read this this other paragraph, which I love. Mm -hmm. I have witnessed Tracy effectively design and implement innovative educational programs in California and New York. Her organization received the highest recognition from President Barack Obama's Office of Science and Technology Policy as one of the first cohort of organizations that expanded STEM opportunities nationwide for all students, all students. Tracy (laughs) consistently brings attention to racial equity and justice through research, advocacy, and building community relations relations. I just, um, again, I, I'm so honored always that, uh, number one, that you taught my two children, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, that you continue to do such, uh, great, uh, work. Um, Karen Valentia, uh, Clopton human rights commissioner and general counsel and VP access and inclusion, uh, Tracy is a widely respected education leader, entrepreneur, and equity advocate. I look forward to seeing the success of the Racial Equity and Justice Initiative. You've got an army behind you, but of course you, I mean, it's it's always great to have an army behind you. And it's yeah. always great to have a great team, but I know you for also, as you mentioned before, doing the work on oneself first. You have had your own army by yourself, in yourself, you know, <laughs> traveling by yourself as the one army. And now you have uh, a, a total um, army and group behind you doing such great work. And I thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for community, for children, for all people, people that don't look like us or people who look like us. I thank you for all of that. And you have been doing it for many, many years. And yes, 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 you (laughs) are the uncrowned queen, but you are Ah. crowned right now. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. And I thank you for always being a champion 
for me for making sure that uh, you you're honest and upfront and an and an, an advisor and an advocate for the Sankofa Global Project and for all of our projects. And I thank you so much for highlighting me on this program today. Thank you so much, Desiree. Oh, you're you're hey, listen, you're beautiful. It's I'm thrilled to have you. This ends our program. Please, please uh, log into Tracy's program and, of course, follow her on social media. Tracy. Yeah. I'm at, uh, yeah, I'm tr- uh, on Twitter, Tracy Lynn Gray. Um, um, on Twitter, Reach Back, Get It. And on Instagram, Tracy L. Gray. And on Instagram, Sankofa Global Project. Yes. And LinkedIn, of course. <laughs> LinkedIn, yes. Please follow me on LinkedIn at Tracy L. Gray. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. Take care, everyone. See you. Speak to you next week. This has been Desiree Watson at Wellness Interactive, a step further, speaking with Tracy L. Gray. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on Wellness Interactive, a step further. Please tune in for our next program on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another great show featuring your host, Desiree Watson.